Welcome to 24 Hour Expert, where each week we have 24 hours to learn as much as we can about a new topic. From international spies to how nachos came to be, everything is fair game. We'll laugh, we'll cry. We'll cry? I don't think we've cried yet, but hopefully we'll learn something along the way. Either way, we'll have a lot of fun. All right, Amy, I am dedicating this episode to my number one guy, the love of my life. Nick Lindstrom. My husband. Oh, but yes, also, well, actually... Chris Osgood. That man still looks good. Chris Osgood. He's so cute. But this week we are going to talk about hockey. Oh, I guess I also want to dedicate it to your husband. Because we are both hockey households. We are hockey households. And specifically ice hockey. Yes. And regardless of where we have lived and where we live, it is always the Detroit Red Wings. Go Wings. Like I mentioned, specifically, I'm going to talk about ice hockey because there's a lot of other hockeys out there. There are. One list that I found from RookieRoad.com had 32 different types of hockey. Oh my gosh, I wouldn't have guessed 32. So I'm going to give a shout out to Magic Mind right here because I'm going to go through this list. And the only reason I have the energy to do this for you tonight is because I've had my Magic Mind today. I'll get back to that later. But are you ready? I'm going to try and... Do this quickly, but here are different types of hockey. We have ball hockey, bando, bandy, biku tarbe, broom ball, cam may, composite rules, shinty hurling, field hockey, floor hockey, floor ball, hurling, ice hockey, indoor field hockey, inline hockey, knee hockey, Moscow brombo ball, pond hockey, power hockey, ring goal, ringette, Rink hockey, rink ball. <laughs> Some of these names. I'm so sorry if I'm butchering these. Rit tennis, roller quad hockey, Russell hockey, skater hockey, sledge hockey, spongy, underwater hockey, underwater ice hockey, and unicycle hockey. I'd like to come back to spongy one day, but that's a pretty comprehensive list. So thank you for doing that. So I actually, my next note on my notes... My next note on my notes, that sounds so funny, was going to be, if we have time at the end, I'll come back and hit some of these. But I'm guessing we will not have time because I have six pages on hockey for you. Oh, my Lanta. I, I bit off a little more than I could chew on this episode. There's a lot of stuff about hockey. Yes, Allie, you just said there's 32 types and you thought this one was going to be the easiest. Just ice hockey. Just ice hockey. I understand. But yeah, so maybe for the 150th hour, we'll pick a couple of these ones that sound fun and just talk about what they are. But onwards to ice hockey. First, what is ice hockey? It's a game between two teams, each usually having six players on the ice at a time. They wear skates and compete on an ice rink. The object is to propel a vulcanized rubber disc, also called a puck, past a goal line and into a net that is guarded by a goaltender or a goalie. Like Chris Osgood. Like Chris Osgood. Hockey is one of the most popular international sports. It's also an Olympic sport. Fun fact, worldwide, there are more than a million registered players that regularly play in a league. That is amazing. Yes. And my husband is about four of those. <laughs> Yes. Do, do they count each person or I don't do, do they just count how many times you play a week? He's in three to four leagues depending on the season. 
Mm-hmm. And your husband is very good at hockey. He is very good at hockey. My husband played inline hockey for a while, and he was decent. <laughs> I don't think I ever got to see him play. It's okay. It was pretty stinky. Oh, no. Hockey is so smelly. <laughs> yes. The things they don't tell you about hockey is, even though it's in a chilled arena, it's still smelly. It smells. That's why hockey gear has to live in the garage at our house. Not even mm-hmm. the basement. It has to be in the garage. <laughs> okay. So, there are a couple different histories of ice hockey. So until about the mid-1980s, it was generally accepted that ice hockey was derived from English field hockey and Indian lacrosse and was spread throughout Canada by British soldiers in the mid-1800s. However, new research then turned up a mention of a hockey-like game played in the early 1800s in Nova Scotia by the Micmac Indians, which appeared to have been heavily influenced by the Irish game of hurling. It included the use of a hurley, or a stick, a square wooden block instead of a ball. It was probably fundamentally this game that spread throughout Canada via Scottish and Irish immigrants and the British Army. The players adopted elements of field hockey, such as the bully, which is the face-off, and the shinning, which is either hitting an opponent in the shins or using the stick on one side of your body or on one of your shins. This evolved Mm. into an informal ice game later known as shinny or shinty. Oh. The name hockey is attributed to the French word hoquette, if I'm saying that right. Which I'm usually not. But it means shepherd's stick. The term rink, referring to the designated area of play, was originally used in the game of curling in the 18th century in Scotland. Early hockey games allowed as many as 30 players on a side on the ice. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine that chaos? Oh, my gosh. And the goals were just two stones that had been frozen into the ice. So apparently you just had to get the puck to hit the stone. The first use of a puck instead of a ball was recorded in Kingston Harbor, Ontario, Canada in 1860. Interesting. Yeah. So before that, it was a ball on ice. Well, I don't know, because... A rounded ball on ice? Question mark? In the way back history, it was a wooden block. So maybe... Because it could slide. Because it can slide on the ice. So maybe it was just a block and then it became like the puck shape. Circular but flat. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, Yeah, because I was going to say a ball on ice would be... That'd be high speed, high danger. I mean, a puck already is, but the flatness helps with keeping it down. Yeah. The first recorded public indoor ice hockey game, which largely borrowed the rules from field hockey, took place in Montreal's Virginia Skating Rink in 1875 between two teams of McGill University students. So all university students formed two teams to play the first indoor game. Hmm. Unfortunately, Amy, this game was a foreshadowing of the reputation for violence that would later develop with the sport of hockey. Yeah. The British Whig, I don't know if that's a newspaper or a magazine, but some sort of publication, was reported as saying, quote, shins and heads were battered, benches smashed, and the lady spectators fled in confusion. Fled in confusion. What are we witnessing? Absolute mayhem. Yep. So these groups. Honestly, I agree. Yeah. 
Flee in confusion. Flee in confusion. <laughs> so that will not be my response to anything I don't want to see. I'm just going to flee in confusion. Exactly. So these groups of students would become the first organized team, the McGill University Hockey Club. They were formed in 1877, and they codified their game's rules and limited the number of players on a side to nine. So we're not yeah, quite down. Yeah, 30 is mayhem. Yeah, so we're not quite down to the six yet, but at least we're down to nine. By the late 1800s, ice hockey competed with lacrosse as Canada's most popular sport. Wow. The first national hockey organization, the Amateur Hockey Association, or the AHA, of Canada, which limited players to seven aside, so now we've dropped down even further was formed in Montreal in 1885. The first league was formed in Kingston during the same year with four teams, the Kingston Hockey Club, Queen's University, Kingston Athletics, and the Royal Military College. So those were the first four teams. Okay. Fun fact, Queen's University scored a 3-1 victory over the Athletics in the first championship game. Good job, Queen's University. Yeah. By the opening of the 20th century, sticks were being manufactured, shin pads were worn, the goaltender began to wear a chest protector that was thank gosh, yeah, which was borrowed from baseball, and arenas oh. still with natural ice and no heat for spectators were being constructed. Which also think about the fact that natural ice would not be Zamboni'd ice. We'll talk about that later. We're all being constructed throughout eastern Canada. In 1893, national attention was focused on the game when Canada Governor General Frederick Arthur Lord Stanley of Preston, that should be making gears moving. Was your head. he by chance an octopus? He was not. Oh, but right, he well. donated a cup to be given annually to the top Canadian team. The three foot high silver cup became known as the Stanley Cup and was first awarded in 1892-93 season. Wow, that's really cool. Yep. The first winner of the Stanley Cup was the Montreal Amateur Athletic Association team. They also won it the following season by winning the initial challenge series to determine the cup holder. Since 1926, the cup has gone to the winner of the National Hockey League playoffs. So that's when it switched over to the NHL. Got it. But there's Canadian teams in the NHL. Yeah. yeah. In 1899, the Canadian Amateur Hockey League was formed. All hockey in Canada at the time was considered amateur because it was considered ungentlemanly to admit to being paid for athletic services. Imagine. Right? How far we've come since then. Imagine it being ungentlemanly to be paid for Sports. what now brings in millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So the first acknowledged professional hockey team in the world was formed in the United States in 1903 in Houghton, Michigan. <gasps> oh! The team was the Portage Lakers. They were owned by a dentist named J.L. Gibson, who imported Canadian players to the team. <laughs> He was like, you know what? We also live in a cold climate with a lot of water, but let's bring over some Canadians. Yes. And they'll be professionals and not just amateurs. And not just amateurs. In 1904, Gibson formed the first acknowledged professional league, the International Pro Hockey League, the IPHL. 
Nice. Canada accepted professional hockey in 1908 when the Ontario Professional Hockey League was formed. By that time, Canada had become the center of world hockey. Sure. The National Hockey Association, the NHA, was the forerunner of the National Hockey League, the NHL, and it was organized in 1910 and became the strongest hockey association in North America. Rising interest in the game created problems, however, because there was only a few artificial ice rinks. In 1911, the Pacific Coast Hockey Association, the PCHA, was formed by Joseph Patrick and his sons, who built two enclosed artificial ice arenas. This kind of set off a boom of construction for indoor arenas. Mm -hmm. The PCHA, so the Pacific Coast Hockey Association... Thank you. There's a lot of acronyms A lot of acronyms. ...became involved in a money and player war with the NHA which is the National Hockey Association. Although the NHA ultimately emerged as the stronger league, it was the PCHA, the Pacific Coast Hockey Association, that introduced many of the changes that improved the game. The only radical rule change adopted by the NHA was to reduce the number of players on a side to six, and that move was made to save money. The Western League retained seven-man hockey, but allowed the goalie to leap or dive to stop the puck. Under the previous rules, a goalie had to remain stationary when making a save. The Western League also changed the offside rule. Under the old rules, a player had been deemed offside if he was ahead of the puck carrier when he received a pass. The PCHA divided the ice into three zones by painting two blue lines across the surface and allowed forward passing in the center zone between the blue lines. So as long as you don't go past the opponent's blue line... You're still then it's icing. Yeah. And you're offsides. Right? Yep. Gosh, I'm so good at hockey. I'm so good at hockey. I've offered this one tidbit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this opened up the game and made it more exciting. Another innovation in the Western League was the idea of the assist. Previously, only the goal scorer had been credited with a point, you know, in their stats. Yep. In the PCHA, the player or players who set up the goal were credited with an assist. We love that. Yeah. The first numbered uniforms also appeared in the PCHA League. So we also love that. They did a lot to modernize the game. Or very good. Not modernize it, but make it the game that we know today. Yeah. Let's go back to the NHA, the National Hockey Association. In a move to eject one of the league members, the NHA decided to disband and form a new league. The result was the creation in 1917 of the National Hockey League. The NHL. Who are they? Are they relevant today? I've never heard that name. They would eventually become the world's foremost professional hockey league. Weird. <laughs> so weird. In 1924, the first U.S. team, the Boston Bruins, joined the NHL. We know them. Yeah. In 1925, the New York Americans and the Pittsburgh Pirates were admitted, followed in 1926 by the New York Rangers, the Chicago Blackhawks, and the Detroit Cougars. Go Cougars! Which would later be called the Red Wings. Sure, sure. Branding. (laughs) To stock the new teams, the NHL bought out Patrick's League, so they bought out the PCHA. Nice, thank you. In 1926, for $250,000. Oh, God. <laughs> Amy. No. Amy, how much is $250,000 in 1926 in today's money? 
1.75 million. Not horrible, not horrible guess. 2.35 million. 3.76 million. 5 million. <laughs> I hate this so much. I don't know. 4 million. 400 million. 400, not 400 That was actually my real first guess. Very close, very, very close. Thank you. $4,332,570.62. Sure. You know, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> so I thought, yeah. I just, you know, for the bit, yeah. we had to go with the other numbers. Right. <sighs> I know you get so much joy out of that. I do. I, hate I it. do. It brings me so much joy. And you know what else brings me so much joy? What else brings you so much joy? Being able to have this much energy still at almost 1030 in the evening to record with you. And you know why I have so much energy, Amy? I'd like to guess it's magic mind. It is magic mind. I just, I cannot, I know I say it almost every episode now, but I cannot get over how my energy levels, how even they've been throughout the day. Also, the other thing I really like is how easy it is to fit in my routine. So I know you are somebody who already does little health shots. Yes. I am not somebody who does that at all. I think I've done one because I was at Target with you and you were like, oh, I buy these all the time. And I was like, I'll try it. And it was horrible. And you hated it. It was horrible. (laughs) (laughs) And I know for the immunity shots, like the ginger and the turmeric and all that, it's gross. I love it. It's so good for you. But it's so spicy. But Magic Mind is so easy to do. And that's what I like about it. It's right there. I'm a kombucha drinker. That's my morning drink. Like I mentioned before, I'm not a coffee drinker. But kombucha doesn't really give you energy. It's just good for your gut health and I like something that has some bubbles to it, and I try not to drink soda, so kombucha is what I drink. And it's so easy to pair that with the Magic Mind. And it's not gross. Like, the Magic Mind is not gross. It's easy. I grab my little shot. I grab my kombucha, down my little Magic Mind, get my kombucha. I mean, I have to take allergy medicines because that's just my life. And then I'm on with my morning, get the kids ready, off to school, on with my day. Easy, easy, easy. It is super easy. It's super easy to fit in. I also appreciate that it's not like the other wellness shots, although I am a big fan of my other wellness shots. Having a productivity shot is different than a lot of what I see out there. And I have tried a lot because I do enjoy them. They are very efficient for me. But the productivity is different. And I think that's really cool. And it complements then whatever else you're doing. But I'm glad it's bringing you this much joy this late at night. That wasn't as much fun for me, but Magic Mind still is. <laughs> yes. Well, and I do agree with you. I think it's it's very unique to other things that I've seen out there. But we'll get back to hockey because by the time I get through the rest of my notes, it'll probably be almost 11. <laughs> so. Oh, gosh. Hang in there, listeners. The Pittsburgh Pirates and the New York Americans eventually drop out of the league. And until the expansion in 1967, the NHL was composed of only six teams. The Rangers, the Bruins, the Blackhawks, the Red Wings, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, the original six. In 1967, the NHL undertook one of the greatest expansions in professional sports history when it doubled in size to 12 teams. Wow. Let me name all of them for you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to. (laughs) 
I, I mean, I could have, but I'm not. I already read you 32 different types of hockey. What more do you want from me? Fair. <laughs> a new 12-team league, the World Hockey Association, WHA, <laughs> was formed in 1972. There will be an acronym quiz at the end of this. I'll be ready. Okay. Ensuing the rivalry caused an escalation in the player's salary. In 1979, the NHL, which had grown to 17 teams, merged with the WHA to become a 21-team league. By 2017, 31 teams played in the NHL. Amy, can you name all 31? I'm kidding. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can name the original six. Yeah, I think I could get through, I don't, I don't know, maybe half. If I saw their logos, I could. Oh, yeah. No, if I had the logos in front of me, I 100% could. And I think this is an actual game my husband and I have played before watching hockey. I mean, it's going to be an actual game we play next time we're together, for sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. Okay. The regular season consists of 82 games and determines the 16 teams that will qualify for the playoffs. And the playoff winner is awarded Amy. The Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup. Which has been around since 18... Something. Something. 72. Something that I said earlier. Um, let's see. By Lord Stanley. 1892-93 was the first. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, was the first. See, ask me years. Don't ask me money. I know. I'm only going to ask you money because it's so funny. And also, <laughs> every time we do the money, it just blows my mind how much more everything is. Yeah. But also think about buying essentially the NHL for $4 million in today's money. That's a That's a deal. That's a deal, like today, even for $4 million. That is insane. Okay, so let's quickly talk about the Olympics. Then I want to touch on women's hockey. Then we'll talk a little bit you about the game. You better do this rapid fire, girly. <laughs> and then some fun facts. This episode might be a little long. Sorry, guys. Sorry, not sorry. Okay, so for much of the 20th century, amateur athletes dominated the international competition. League competition among amateurs in England began in 1903, Canada captured the first Olympic Games title in 1920. They also won at the first Winter Olympic Games in 1924. They dominated international competition until the emergence of the Soviet team in the early 1960s. The Soviets continued to be the most powerful team in international hockey until the 1990s, when the Soviet Union was no more. In 1995, an agreement between the NHL an NHL Players Association and the IIHF ended amateur domination of international play as professional athletes were now allowed to compete in the Olympics and World mm. Cup Championship. Although the decision had little effect on the World Tournament, the Winter Games competed underwent numerous changes. Given the high visibility of professional players and their skills, selection to the Canadian team, U.S. team, Russian team, Finnish team, Swedish team, and Czech Olympic teams were no longer based on tryouts, but they just got to be in sure. the competition. The two remaining slots were filled with the winners of a qualifying round. So these six teams automatically are going to the finals. Then two other teams can compete to compete against them in the finals. Okay. The NHL suspended play for a period of 16 days in 1998 so the professional players could make their Olympic debut. That was when it was held in Japan. And they continued to temporarily stop the season for Olympic nice. Winter Games so that the players can go play, usually for their respective countries. All right, women's hockey. Though considered a male sport, boo, hockey has been played by women for over 100 years. Woo! The first all-female game was in Barrie, Ontario, Canada in 1892. The first world championship was held in 1990. 
Recognizing the growing popularity of the sport, the International Olympic Committee added women's ice hockey to its 1998 schedule in Japan, where the sport made its first Winter Games appearance. Nice. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about the game rink players. NHL hockey is typically played on a rink that is 200 feet long and 85 feet wide. College rinks are a little wider and usually more like 100 feet wide, but still 200 feet long. Interesting. The goal cage is four feet high and six feet wide. The puck needs to clear the two-inch line across the front of the cage to be considered a goal. The semicircular area in front of the goal is called the crease. No attacking player can enter the crease if the goalie is in it unless the puck is in the crease. Then they can come in. If the goalie is not in the crease, anyone can enter the crease. Interesting. Didn't know the crease had this many rules. Fun facts for me. The puck, like I mentioned, is vulcanized rubber. It is one inch thick and three inches in diameter and weighs between 5.5 and 6 ounces. Oh, so it's not super specific. I mean, I understand that 5.5 and 0.6 are very, very similar. But you know how, like, in football you have to have everything at, like, the exact same pressure and all that? Exactly. Yeah, I was surprised at the range of weight, too. But I guess if it's vulcanized rubber, like... Yeah. Yeah. Sticks were traditionally made of wood, but are now obviously made of various materials. There are rules that limit the size of the stick and the curvature of the blade, though. Interesting. All players wear ice skates, but the goalie's ice skates are a little different. Typically, they are flatter to give the goalies better balance since the goalies don't move as much. Fair. The goalie's skates also have rubber toe protection. Obviously, much needed. Kind of like steel toe for a work site. Exactly. Yeah. I wonder if that's why, although, you know, like when they have the little scoopy guys come out during the breaks to get the snow off the ice mm-hmm. because all of the skates, yeah. I always wondered if, because you know how the, the goalies will do the like little shifty things with their skates, maybe yeah. because they're a little bit different, they create more snow. But now I'm also thinking they spend a lot of time around the goal. Yeah. Just generally as a collective whole. So it's probably what's causing all of that. Debris. Well, and I would assume if you're a goalie out there, please let me know if I'm right or wrong. But I feel like they probably don't want it too slick because they want to be able to grip and not slide. So I think that's why they go out and they rough it up after the Zamboni has come through. Yeah. Well, and probably also to slow the puck down. I mean, I realize that, like, it's like a fraction of a second, but. But, yeah. But they do have wider skate blades than the rest of the players. Interesting. Yep. All players wear padding to protect their legs, shoulders, and arms. Also a cup. Protect your bits. Sure. All players in the NHL since 1979-1980 season are required to wear a helmet. Face masks are optional, although I highly recommend them because it's your face. And don't do stuff to your eyes. Rule number one of 24-hour expert, don't do stuff to your eyes. Protect your eyes at all costs. And I know some wear like the half shield, but I also like maybe just protect your mouth too. There's a podcast called Spittin' Chicklets. That talks about the NHL because when you lose your teeth, you spit chicklets, your teeth, which is yeah. spitting your teeth. And it's yeah. an adorable name, but a gross thing to happen. <laughs> exactly, yes. So face masks are mandatory in the National Collegiate Athletic Association. So colleges have to have a mask. The goaltender wears a specifically designed mask. Fun fact, the mask is usually formed to their face. Yeah, because they've got Puck's flying at it. Yeah, I just like the inside molds to their face, which is just, that's so cool. Also, I love the artwork on Goalie Helmets. Yeah, the artwork on Goalie Helmets. See, that is what we should have been spending time on. So sorry. Is it airbrushed? Is it hand-painted? Who gets to pick it? Do they design it themselves? Allie, make a note to dig into this when you're editing this episode. Right? 
Yes. 150th hour it. 150th hour, yeah. I'm going to do a whole episode of just goalie face mask. hour? No, it's 50th. No, 150th. Yeah. The goalie also wears extra pads, so the big wide pads on their legs that also help them block shots. The goalie also has a glove that's similar to a baseball mitt. This article specifically said similar to a first baseman's baseball mitt. I didn't know there were multiple types of baseball mitts. I mean, I figured like the catcher has a separate one that's with extra padding. Right. But apparently it's similar to a first baseball, a first, excuse me, a first base baseball mitt. Sure. It has wide webbing to catch the puck in it. And then typically in the other hand, they have the wider shaft and bladed stick to also help them block. They got a lot of tools. Amy, fully dressed, how much weight do you think the goalie equipment weighs in pounds? 49 pounds. So close. 40 pounds of equipment. Honestly, better than the money. You did so good. So good. Thank you. The goalie rarely leaves his little goal area, the crease, as we now know it's called. The other five players are three forwards. There's a center, a left wing, and a right wing. And then there are two defensemen, a left and a right. So a face-off in which an official drops the puck between two opposing players starts gameplay. So whether it's to start the game or start again after there's been a penalty call, we do a face-off. Okay. Interesting fact. You know how refs drop the puck in a face-off? Yeah. Refs used to bend down and set it on the ice. Ooh. But because of injuries, they now drop it. I bet they learned that quick. I feel like that would be a quick lesson. So checking, which is body contact to an opponent, is permitted anywhere on the ice. Obviously, there's rules around what is allowed contact and not. In most leagues, including the NHL, players may not make or take a pass that has traveled across the two blue lines. So there's your, when they kind of just can't do it. A player may handle the puck as often or as long as he likes. So it's not like basketball which we have recently learned you're only allowed to have the ball for so long yep hockey players can have the puck as long as they want however you are not allowed to close your glove on the puck or touch the puck with a stick that is higher than shoulder level right a player may not pass the puck with his open hand so you can't throw it the goalie however is generally not subject to these restrictions so the goalie can do these things correct The game is divided into three periods of 20 minutes, with a 15-minute intermission between periods. Hockey games may end in a tie unless the rules stipulate an overtime period to serve as a tiebreaker. NHL teams play a five-minute sudden-death overtime period, followed by a shootout if the game remains tied. Shootouts are very stressful. So, So stressful. So stressful. I leave. I just leave the room if we're watching it. I know the last couple times I've got to see my husband play in the championship game... It has gone to overtime, which already is stressful, and then nobody scores, and then we have to go to a shootout, and I can't. Although I will say the last championship game I went to of his, they did a second overtime period and didn't go right to the shootout. Oh. But so stressful. But he won. So life is fine, but so stressful. Okay. I know we're getting long on this episode, and I'm not sorry, but let's end on some fun facts. I really like this fact. Hockey pucks are kept frozen until they are used in a game. This prevents them from becoming too bouncy. Oh, sure. That makes total sense when they're rubber. Right? Yeah, you don't want them to get warm and bouncy. So they just Mm -hmm. keep them frozen. What words to live by. Yeah. When there were only six NHL teams in 1952, eight wins during the playoffs cinched the Stanley Cup. 
So think of eight winds as tentacles on an octopus. <gasps> that was the line of thinking for brothers Pete and Jerry Cusimano, who threw an octopus on the ice during a Red Wings playoff game that year. Since the team took the cup, octopi have become the team's lucky charm. Yes. And also, I did an entire episode talking about... I don't octopi? know if it was, No, I did one on mollusks, which mm, I think... Yeah octopuses or squids one of them are considered so everything is connected to everything once again do you know the name of the red wings octopus because it's not stanley it's not stanley no oh i do but now that you've asked me it's going to totally do you want me to tell rally al right it is rally al rally al good job i have a rally al stuffed animal i do too i have it has moved with me many times i have the rally al pillow pal yeah, <laughs> the official NHL with the shiny, you know, logo that's official NHL gear. Yeah. Like I said, no matter where we live, it will always be Red Wings. Yes. The ice on the rink is less than an inch thick. This blew my mind. That is mind blowing. Yeah. It's kept at 16 degrees Fahrenheit or negative nine degrees Celsius. And the reason they keep it so thin is if it gets too thick, it gets softer and makes the players slower. Sure. So thinner is faster. Amy, do you remember the Mighty Ducks? Yeah. So the Anaheim, California hockey team was named after the famous Disney film and was once owned by the company. So by Disney. Oh, that's cool. In 2007, a year after Disney sold the franchise, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim won the Stanley Cup. Oh. Today they are known as the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah. When a team wins the Stanley Cup... Every team member gets to keep it for 24 hours. And they get to go wherever they want with it. As long as the watcher or trustee permits it, the player can do whatever they like with the cup. Since the cup is actually a punch bowl, many players use it to hold drinks or eat snacks out of it. I would eat a snack out of it for sure. Oh, 100%. The Zamboni, which is a registered trademark, and I do not have permission to be saying Zamboni, but hopefully it'll be okay was created by Frank J. Zamboni to replace what was previously used, which was a scraper pulled behind a tractor that shaved the surface of the ice. The shavings then had to be scooped away, and then the surface was sprayed with water and squeegeed to get it all flat. So Frank Zamboni took this, built a machine. The Model A Zamboni was made in 1949, and it continued to evolve from there. Very cool. That's a very fun fact. That's a very fun fact. And Amy, I was also going to go into famous hockey players, but there are so many, and I didn't want to offend anyone by leaving out their favorite. So I'm not going to do that. And I'm going to leave it here. So do with that what you will. Thanks for letting us talk at you. If you have any comments, corrections, suggestions, fun facts, topic ideas, you can email us at 24hourexpert at gmail.com. Spell all the words. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website. If anyone is interested in trying Magic Mind, you can go to our link, www.magicmind.com experts, and use code experts20, E-X-P-E-R-T-S-2-0, experts20, to get 20% off your order. And that's good anytime. Talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to 24-Hour Expert. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe so you'll be notified of future episodes. Our theme song is Moonroof by Paula. 